want to say something that is contrarian to the kinds of things that the popular people are saying, but I 100% tell you it's true. It's not the most popular thing. And that is to learn what these other people are about. So before you talk and open your mouth and reveal that you don't know anything, that's, see, that's why I didn't want to talk. Cause I'm thinking I'm sitting down with Margaret Thatcher or, you know, George HW Bush. What the, I'm not going to interrupt the dinner conversation. Right. Turn it up. You're listening to the Marketing Millennials Podcast. I'm Emily Ferguson. And I'm Daniel Murray. Get ready because we're taking you on a journey with today's marketing leaders and tomorrow's top stars. Let's go. No BS, just a fun, unfiltered industry conversation with the game changers behind some of the coolest companies from around the globe. The one request we tell our guests stories or didn't happen. A big welcome to our marketing fans. Prepare to turn them up. What's up, Dennis? Today on the Marketing Millennials Podcast, I sit down with Dennis Yu, the CEO of Blitzmetrics, a digital marketing company which partners with schools to train young adults. He is also the CTO of Cairo Revenue, a digital marketing company that helps chiropractors with their marketing efforts and helps them connect with clients and manage their content. Dennis is also one of the best networkers I know. I'm excited for all of you to hear this episode. What's up, Dennis? Welcome to the show. What's up, Daniel? And finally to see your face instead of hearing from you. I know. We've been on Clubhouse for a while. And this is actually a good, great topic because we're going to dive into like how to network like a pro. So Clubhouse is definitely one of the best places to network these days. But I want to start off the conversation on how did you even get into marketing in general like what was your path like oh i'm not a networker i'm not a salesperson i've never made cold calls i'm scared to death of even talking to people i'm an engineer i'm a math person i'm an abc you ever heard of that no what is that american-born chinese (laughs) i didn't speak english until i was six but i was good at math and I figured that we could measure everything. We could measure what things cost. We could measure salary. We could measure, you know, whatever, how much people are paid. And so me just being an Asian kid who was good at math, I wanted to learn because I was puzzled. How do people make chips and how do businesses operate? And what is it about a leader that makes them charismatic? You know, I watch people in a movie or I watch you know, some kind of figurehead from history. And I think like a Napoleon, how do these people become leaders? And I discovered the connection was economics. And so I was so good at math that I started learning econometrics, which is the math behind economics. And I found that you could figure out why people, when they date, you know, how, how relationships go and why people choose different careers and why pilots are, make more than, you know, garbage men. And when I started working at Yahoo, I was very early, one of the first people there, I built their analytics as a database guy, working on really big databases. So I had tons and tons of data. And I saw through the matrix that there are behind all the queries that people had, we had 13 terabytes of data per day. That was over 20 years ago. There were relationships and you would see you know, the school teacher, for example, and she would check the stocks in the morning, she'd go to school, she'd come back home in the afternoon, maybe look at trips to Hawaii. And then at 10 p.m., when the doors closed, she would look up other things online, which was a third of the internet, which I discovered what happened when I first started working at Yahoo. And I thought, wow, there's so many things you can learn about people in terms of who their friends are. And a lot of stereotypes I found, found weren't really true because I could look at all their data. I had access to 200 million people's email. Can you imagine what that's like? And the searches they made, and I would compare what they would say in their profile on Yahoo, right? Because you register for a profile. And then maybe you're on Yahoo, which was a dating site. And I'd see that their age was different about a third of the time. Women would only say they were a year or two younger. They'd use photos that were older. And it, it showed me that if you can find those micro connections between other people, then it's easy to be able to make friends. It's easy to be able to belong because you're already halfway there because you share the same hobby because you know, you ran track and field like I did at Southern Methodist university. 
because we were in the same clubhouse room, because we have a lot of these certain friends in common. And that's what got me in the marketing is realizing that really smart marketing is a combination of using data, which is not just a pure math, because a lot of people are like, oh, Dennis is like a math algorithm database guy. I mean, that's true. But I discovered that when you have something to connect with people on, then it's so much easier. It's just natural to make conversation instead of asking people about the weather or the sports or some general topic like where are you from in the hopes that you can build a connection with someone. That's like super my, interesting. My potion marketing has been a math and a math based. How do I how do I solve the the math problem? And when people are making connections, how do I use my math brain to try to optimize some angle I can use that creates value and creates connection between us? Yeah, that's that's super interesting because I I always I mean you you see now like if you go on like TikTok or like other apps like I feel like they they know me more than like my friends know me sometimes because it's like they spit out like yep. data that I like I've been searching and stuff like that, which is, it's kind of funny that that is like, like out computers sometimes know more about you than actual people do because what you do, so many people are scared, like you said, to show their true selves and stuff like that. Yep. So, so you, you got into this, all this like, data stuff and like how did you start utilizing it to do like networking like how have you utilized data to, and how did that work to like start growing your network piece by piece all it starts is one connection and for me as a math guy i didn't have any friends i was a total loser and i didn't have any good clothes i had hand-me-downs or things from kmart i had zips if you remember those shoes the velcro i was a total loser I didn't know how to go to parties. I wouldn't go to parties because I just wasn't cool. I didn't have any cool friends. So I was a loser where I ate lunch all by myself for years. I had the library. I didn't know how to talk because my English was terrible. Now I have great English, right? You wouldn't even know. But in order to start networking, I needed an in. So whenever you're at a party or you're in a group of friends or you work at a company like Service Titan, whatnot, you need one. All you need is one in. So my one in was Al Casey, who was the CEO of American Airlines. And because of that, he introduced me to other people and I did everything I could for Al. So he wanted me to run an errand. I do that. Or he wanted me to prepare for a meeting or to read a book or do some random thing, get him coffee. I would do that. And because of that, he introduced me to Dick Hayen, who was the chairman of Allstate Insurance, which is one of the world's largest insurance companies. And then I met George H.W. Bush, who was a president of the United States. And that, intru- that opened up all these other doors. I met Carl Rove. I met these other people. And it's weird because people will say, oh, Dennis is hanging out with so-and-so who's important. I can trace that all back to other people that have opened doors for me. So it wasn't because I knew, for example, the queen of Malaysia. I was with her. I don't want to make it sound like I'm name dropping. I'm just trying to show you where it came from. So when I met the queen of Malaysia last year and had dinner with her and I was face to face with her, like six feet away and this long dinner, I had no business hanging out with other kings and queens of other countries. I didn't even know how to operate, but it was because my friend, Dr. Lyons, who was her physician, who helped heal her of a stroke where she wasn't able to walk or talk. He, he brought me to Malaysia because I was his marketing companion. By the way, digital marketing, if you guys are watching, that is a great skill. It opens doors like you would not believe if you were good, right? And I was invited there and I took his photographs. I helped with you know, marketing, what he was doing by documenting behind the scenes. And because I was at that event, I met a Richard Ling, who's a billionaire, who's a coconut water billionaire. Like he's the guy, his, his factories process all this coconut water and coconut stuff that you might drink, right? It's his factories. And I had dinner with him the next night. And just being introduced to, for, to one person opens up doors to other people, right? I think about the people that you know, Daniel, that are powerful. Did you just meet them randomly? Or what percent of the time did it come through somebody that you knew that made that introduction for you? Yeah, it's crazy. It is, it is that too. And I also think there's another aspect too. I think like the power of the internet has made yourself to be able to expand your brand which like before like i ha- i didn't have like any presence on the internet at all and then i started building my brand and once people started knowing about me like people talk 
behind closed doors about me. And then people are like, so some of the connections I made aren't even from like people that directly introduced me. It's because they, someone behind this saw my content and was like, oh, have you, have you saw Daniel's content? And they reached out to me and had not. So it's crazy, like how there's that introduction, like personal introduction, like for that, or some, someone sees your content, DMs you, and then they, people see you connected to them online and then someone DMs you, another person DMs you. So it's kind of like a network effect once people start talking well, about you for you because you get a ton of engagement on twitter and whatnot but most people they put content out there and it gets them nothing so it still starts with relationships mm-hmm. and those relationships when you say good things with other people other people see that secondary effect where people are engaging on your content and then it goes like what do you on an average tweet how much engagement do you get which i think is more important. i mean i think a month i get about over 4 million impressions on my tweets. See, that's awesome, right? And you and I on LinkedIn, for example, we have 670 mutual connections. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Most people don't even have 670 connections. We have 670 in common. What does that tell you, right? Mm -hmm. When you look up somebody and you look at the common friends and you see their friends with these other people that are high profile in your industry, that immediately tells me Daniel Murray's a boss, right? I see other people that are on your podcast, I think, oh, okay, that's pretty cool. I'd love to come on your podcast. And then you probably look me up and you see, oh, Dennis has a blue check, right? On Twitter or Facebook or, you know, knows these other people. And so that just reinforces your networking power. But the key is it starts with one connection. It starts with one person who knows about you and who's willing to vouch for you. Just like when you come into my clubhouse rooms, what do I say? I see, hey, I say, hey, Daniel Murray's in the audience. You guys need to follow him, right? He's got the Millennial Marketer podcast. He's awesome. And then if you check your follows, you see how many more people follow you. When we have a room of 300, 500 people and you get a shout out, right? That's powerful, right? Mm-hmm. So I believe that your, your networking capability is not how well you talk. It's not how you sell. It's not how good your clothes are or whatever it is. That, those are all nice things but it's how strongly other people endorse you. And that's, if you're a millennial, that's the thing I think you need to focus on. Don't think networking is about yourself. It's about other people endorsing you, right? Like Tristan Parmley here. His brand has grown because the number one guy in chiropractic has endorsed him as a, is an investor in his agency, Cairo Revenue. Otherwise, it's like, who the heck is this guy? Some young kid. Why would I trust him? I, you know, what does he know about being a chiropractor? But the number one chiropractor in the industry endorsing him, putting money into his company. Cairo Revenue is the dominant, as far as I'm concerned, and as far as Sean Dill's concerned, the number one chiropractic agency for digital marketers. And that doesn't mean that he's got to go shake every hand and hand out business cards and hit up people cold for, hey, let's get on, let's let's meet for 15 minutes or whatever. Like that's garbage. So how do you like start with those relationships? Because I think a lot of the people have trouble even like starting to build the blocks of those relationships. Like you see, like I'm connected to these people, like what it goes through your mind or like how, what steps you take to like expand your network. Cause I think a lot of people like are afraid to do that first cold email or that first to do that first cold reach out or afraid to even join that clubhouse room and talk. So like what, how does someone do the, like what is the first step you recommend for like, a younger person to start slowly expanding their network. I want to say something that is contrarian to the kinds of things that the popular people are saying, but I 100% tell you it's true. It's not the most popular thing. And that is to learn what these other people are about. So before you talk and open your mouth and reveal that you don't know anything, that's see, that's why I didn't want to talk. Cause I'm thinking, I'm sitting down with Margaret Thatcher or, you know, George H.W. Bush. What the, I'm not going to interrupt the dinner conversation, right? I'm going to sit there and listen. I, I have nothing to add. I'm going to listen to these other people and have a list of four or five of these people that I really want to follow. And don't say Richard Branson or Elon Musk or those sorts of people. Other people who are successful, but not super popular people. I'm going to learn everything I can about them. 
And if they've written a book or if they're on Twitter or whatever, I'm going to consume all their information. I'm going to pay close attention. And then I'm going to write a blog post about five things I learned from Daniel Murray, right? And then I'm going to tag you in it. I'm going to make sure the content I've written about you shows that I actually spent some time and I'm thoughtful about it. And I know that this technique works super, super well because 99.9% of people don't do this. They come straight out and ask for the favor. There's thousands of people that ask me. I'm not even a big deal, but people will ask me, hey, Dennis, I'd love to have 15 minutes of your time where you can mentor me and make introductions for me and teach me about this and that. So what do I need to do to get rich? How do I make my first million dollars? Can you introduce me to Mark Zuckerberg? I could, but why? I don't even know who you are. I mean, no. Don't ask me for tickets to the Golden State Warriors. That's probably the second most common request. No, the second most common request is my Facebook account got banned. Can you, you know, reach someone at Facebook for me? Third one is, can you get tickets to the Golden State Warriors back when they were doing really well, right? We did their digital marketing for five years. So people would ask me for things like that. But don't make the number one mistake of asking for something first. Study, listen, honor these other people that you see as mentors or possible business associates or people that you just see as a guiding light in some way. And if you honor them by writing a blog post or making a one minute video or speaking well of them in a legitimate, thoughtful way, then most of the time, not always, but most of the time, these people will reach back. Because I know a lot of people who are super high profile and who are hard to reach. But when you have someone who says something thoughtful, they take the time to study that. And they always like to honor that by replying back, by liking. And maybe you won't get it the first time, but guarantee you that is going to be the most powerful technique. If you're starting from nothing, the most powerful technique to get that first connection. And the way I did it with Al Casey and other CEOs was the same thing. I read Al Casey's book, which was talking about the, the opposite of, shoot, what's the Murphy's law? It's called, so Murphy's law is if it can go wrong, it's, you know, if the toast falls, it's always going to fall butter side down and create a mess. If things will get screwed up, they'll get screwed up even worse. That's a very pessimistic view. But he wrote a book called Casey's law. And Casey's law is if something can go right, it will. And he talked about his childhood and some of the difficulties that he went through. And I studied that book. I could quote from it. I knew what page, what was on particular pages. And I saw that he spoke at a particular conference. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, Al, I really liked your book. I had this one question where you talked about this particular moment in your life. Can you explain this one thing to me? Can you imagine how he must, must have felt when I asked him that? How many, yeah, people, love that. how many people take the time to do that before they reach out? Yeah, I That's mean, my answer. I love that answer because it's funny you say that because the some of the people I've met was because I probably like hyped them up for about like months and they like like and I didn't even expect anything for return. I, I generally like like their content and I was like consuming. I'd be like, oh, here's some of the top marketers to follow or this books. These are the top books to read. And I would always say probably the same people. And then eventually those people stood in my DMs and say, hey, Daniel, I, I appreciate you always like hyping me up. And then I b- became a relationship with those like authors, which I didn't even think I would ever talk to. But I just, I, I totally believe in that way. I, I always say like, even for my podcast too, like before I reach out to someone to be a guest on my podcast, I tag them in like five or six or eight posts. So they recognize my name before I do that. And, and I also want them to see that my posts do well. So they know that like, okay, this guy is not just a guy who gets two likes to tags on my posts. It's someone who's getting a bunch of reads. So I love that you said that because like, that's something that I try to do before. I don't want to go in there with no, like that I didn't do any favors for them at all. Like, or I haven't shown respect to them at all. So I love that you said that's that. That's great. great. I want to also get in like how you've been leveraging Clubhouse, like because I see you all over Clubhouse, like in all these different rooms, and <laughs> I love that. that. I love that. Um, but what have you found like the the biggest like positive of Clubhouse, and like what type of things do you see that people can leverage on Clubhouse to grow their network? So Daniel, you and I have been in a lot of the same rooms, so you already know what my technique is, mm-hmm. which is Q and A format which is what's, what's most powerful on Clubhouse. 
and trying to add as much, I know it sounds corny to say this, but it's true, add as much value as possible on a particular topic that you have knowledge on. So I know something about startups. I know something about PPC and Facebook ads because I worked at a search engine and I've spent a billion dollars on Facebook ads. But when we bring that inside of a club, so if, if I come here to my clubhouse and I look at these events that are coming up and I look at the stats on them, like here's one we did yesterday. Yeah, this one yesterday went for an hour. It's kind of hard to see this, but it was 288 hours of listen time with 307 people max in the room. And the total was, what is it, like 1,600 people in the room? 1,900 people in total came into the room, right? And when the room started out, you know, maybe there's only 100 people in the room, but because we did a good job in the Q&A, that kept adding more and more people into the room. So we weren't losing people. We kept growing from 100 to 200 to, you know, 300 some people. We did a room, it was a couple days ago. Yeah, here, this one. This is user acquisition. So if you're a startup, how do you, you know, get more users? You raise a little bit of money. You want people to use your app or you have some, you know, dog bracelet service. You can see this went for three hours. So originally I was just going to go for an hour, but it was so good. I kept it going. 381 max listeners for a total listen time of 885 hours. You see that? And that was pretty good. We had 5,500 listeners that came in. And the room before that, we had six, not, not to say that, you know, we just want to have massive rooms, but we averaged about 500 people. Our max is about 620 or 630. And we went for five hours because I was going to go for an hour, but I'm like, wow, this is so good. And the room keeps growing. Start out 200, 300, 400, 500 people, which just kept bringing in more people. And we had more people that I think you went, you were in some of those bigger rooms, right? You saw them where the energy of the room kept increasing because when I noticed a friend here, I would take pictures of this. When a friend would, would come into the room that I knew was knowledgeable, I would then invite them to be a panelist so we could speak together. And you'll see here, you know, I'm, I'm there's me in the orange head and I'm invited as a speaker. So this was on founders and marketing. So Facebook marketing secrets, that's the room that I did. Here's this startup room. Look, look at this. You see, there's your face right there. See that? Mm -hmm. the trademark blue, right? And you can see there's me here. I'm, I'm answering questions here at the top. You're here. And I'm bringing up other folks. As the room grows, you'll see that I'm bringing in other people. So look, here's another one, right? Using paid ads. And now we got all these other people that are mods. So we have all these mods in the room, which some of them are power mods, meaning 10,000 or more followers, which then their people come into the room, which not because I want to have a really big room, but because if someone asks a question and I've got some people who are really knowledgeable in a broad range of areas, then someone who's on the panel can answer the question instead of me having like hoping I can answer all of the questions. There's no way I can answer every single question that comes up, right? But I know when I have this, this number of people here, we can pretty much tackle any question on marketing. And then that, that momentum goes. So when you have a room like that, sometimes we'll keep it open for two hours. Five. We had one room we kept open for 14 hours on Clubhouse because we had 2,000 people. We had Ty Lopez that came in, Grant Cardone. These other people came in and that grew the room. So we were, we were 2,000 something people. I'm like, wow, I don't want to shut down this room. This is awesome, right? We have some super powerful experts there. And every time another X is, you know, with the room at 2000, some people, it'll for sure be the biggest room in the marketing area, right? Which then all the people who are the bigger speakers want to come join this room because it's a bigger stage to speak on. So then it just, it just creates this reinforcing power. And if you don't have that kind of network power, by the way, the, the whole total of this is not to say that I want to boast about my network, but it's to show that when you have a network and you go to Clubhouse, Clubhouse is where you're going to multiply against your network. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's what yeah. you see there. Yeah. And I, I feel the same. I mean, Clubhouse is a good example. And I think like LinkedIn has the same power of that, but not like voice power, but it has like that network effect. And then Twitter has that network effect. Like yep. that, that's how I see it. Like 
those three platforms probably have like the biggest like network effects you can go because like when I post on LinkedIn, if someone likes it, it's going out to the network. When I post on Twitter, if someone likes it or retweets, it goes out to the network. When I'm in Clubhouse, you come in my room, your network comes into my room. So yeah. it's like that network effect is like what helps like exp- expands your network, which is great too. I mean, that yeah. basically you're saying like, Eric Sue is like how I kind of saw you in a room because I got connected with Eric Sue, Eric, through like me just talking about him, I think somehow. And then he DM'd me about something and then we started talking and then yeah. I started going to Clubhouse and seeing him on Clubhouse. So it's kind of funny, like, but you guys do like the same thing. You guys bring up power mods, like you guys have this expanded room, like you bring your people you know in your network that can answer yeah. questions in there. So it's super I, I love that. But I also love the point that you made there is like, at the end of the day, like people want an exchange in something and like your exchange is like, is value on Clubhouse or like exchange of value on like LinkedIn or exchange of value on. And if you're not delivering that, they're not going to ever come back. Cause I come in your rooms and people are saying, Oh, Dan is always adding value. Like I hear that every room I'm in there. Like, like, what does that mean anyway, Daniel? Yeah, I mean, for me, value is that it adds something positive to their day or adds something actionable. Like, like for Twitter, for me, like value add to me is like it doesn't disrupt. It adds to their feed and adds to the day. LinkedIn, it, it adds to the day. It, it gets them thinking about something new. It gets them insightful. That's what value is to me. It's like yeah. it's not something that disrupts someone's day it it adds something to that that's what adding value to me is like value is this but adding value to me is like you add something to someone's day like whether it's like something actionable whether you inspired them to do something whether it's insightful that they got them thinking about something new like those are like things that are value to me like i think like that or something you do too like you got them connected with someone else. Like that's a valuable thing. Like you've done yeah. something that's added to their day. That's value to me. Even if it's like an, an ounce of entertainment you gave them, it's still adding something. Like you, they, they felt something when you're in that room, which is a buzzword. But I think like if you define it the way that people define it, like that's why I always tell people for good content too. It's like, if you're creating good content, like if it's not, entertaining someone if it's not giving them something actionable to do if it's not getting them thinking like differently or if it's not helping them answer a question or engage like nobody's gonna people are just gonna scroll past your content like exactly. every single time so i have this question because it's interesting because for me like and this you've probably been the same person like how can an ed- introvert like start building the network easily because i sometimes like on clubhouse like for me at first it was hard for me on clubhouse even though like i do have a good network on linkedin like to like get past all this like extrovert energy on stages and stuff like that so how as an introvert do you network you have to recognize where your advantage is so as an introvert because i know because i was a bookworm i didn't learn english for quite a while Introverts tend to be more thoughtful. They tend to be deeper in terms of the knowledge that they have. They take a little longer to respond because they don't want to just blah, 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 blah. Because, you know, a lot of these salespeople are marketing, you know, super extroverted people. They'll just go blah, 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 right? And you're thinking, why is this person even opening their mouth, right? So when you and I might look at that, we're thinking, I don't want to open my mouth because I don't want to sound dumb. I don't want to say something that isn't right. I'm probably not the most expert person to be able to answer that question. I think I'm just going to sit here and wait. So in Clubhouse, yeah, that's an adva- a disadvantage when you're an introvert, but it's a huge advantage if you are blogging and you're trying to rank on Google and you're writing articles where you don't have to respond immediately. You can take your time and think about it. Introverts write the best articles that rank better for SEO, that do better on LinkedIn and Twitter, where you can do a lot of words, right? It's not about immediate response. It's not, you know, on the, at the moment, impromptu speaking, Toastmasters, a debate where you have to like quickly come up with some answer. Otherwise they cut you off and keep talking. So for me, 
I just find those mediums that are based on what you have to say thoughtfully to be an advantage as an introvert. Don't think that you have to be an extrovert. Don't think that you have to sing and dance on TikTok if that's not your thing. Don't think that you have to be a great speaker and run a clubhouse room. There's so many different social networks that will cater to where your blend of strengths are. Yeah, I mean, that's what I do. I mean, I'm an introvert and I I went to social media and that's why I always say to people, like, I wish that like social media was when I was younger because I would have found more of my tribe when I was younger because like my tribe was not like necessarily always at my high school or my middle school or something like that like I felt I even though I was an athlete I didn't like always feel like that was my tribe like just because I played sports like we had that common interest hey you know us three are all three uh, three division one athletes oh really school record holder at a d1 college in the 100 meters and 200 meters this white guy ran 10.2 seconds in the 100 meters dang that is fast look this guy can you imagine this guy here I could see it. I could see it. Appreciate it. And I ran for SMU last year, the Southwest conference championship ring. Right. So I was a D one track and field and cross country athlete. There's also, yeah. I mean, I, I played college football. I have some conference championship rings. So I played at Cincinnati. So I think that's also something. Cause like, I think the biggest misconception is like, People say you go to college for your network, but I actually gained my network outside of college. Like yeah. it's so funny. Like, well, that's one of the biggest myths and misconceptions I think too. Is like, like yeah. even though I made made some good friends on the football team, like those are the friends that helped me open doors. Right. So like, people say like, oh, it'll help your social skills and stuff like that. It's like, no, not for everybody. Well, maybe it's for those people who can like make friends easily. For yeah. me, like being on the internet helped me open up the doors i like some people like doubt that they should like invest in like networking and when do you think like people should invest in and what like because a lot of people think like networking is only going to a networking event like like what are like some things like besides like clubhouse and now that like some other thing what are some other ways that people can network that is not through just going to networking events and like what are some things that you do because i know you i mean you've talked to about like how you met this person this person and a lot of the time it's not like you're going to hubspot's conference to meet these people (laughs) Um, yeah i mean we're heading to a conference right now right we're here in phoenix there's a conference right out here think less about the different mediums I mean, you can meet people at dinners, you can meet people at get-togethers, you can meet people on different social networks, and those are all great, right? Rather than think, I'm going out to network, that's a ridiculous thing. Because then you're basically a salesperson trying to pick up lines on business. Think of it this way. What is it that you want to accomplish, right? Do you want to start a digital agency? Okay. Who are the top people that run digital agencies? Do you want to start a certain kind of business about whatever. There's a surgery center right there across the street. You want to be a surgeon. Okay, cool. Well, who else is doing that? And how do I meet other people that have successfully done that? Think about who you want to meet based on what your goal is. So you can find other people that have done the very thing that you want to get done and then find those people wherever they are. So for me, I like working with doctors. So I have some friends that are doctors and those friends invited me to dinner with other folks who are doctors. And I learned about what doctors do, right? And I met a bunch of chiropractors. And by meeting these chiropractors, I met a guy who runs a digital marketing agency for chiropractors. Here, I'll give you another example. This is totally random. So I was at this place called Cocoon in Las Vegas. I was doing an oxygen bath, which is really amazing. You should do that sometime. If you come out to Vegas, I'll take you out, right? My treat. And in walks this person who I could tell was a celebrity. And her name is Carrie Kasem. And I looked her up online and I found that she was a big deal. And her father is Carrie Kasem, who's the most famous man in the world of radio, right? And so we got to hang out and she knew me because we had some mutual friends in common. And I wasn't even networking. I wasn't even trying to find anybody interesting. I just was out there taking an oxygen bath. And I got an introduction from another friend who said, hey, you need to, intro- you need to meet Carrie. Carrie, meet Dennis. You two need to chat about such and such. 
and we became friends and we sang karaoke a few days later. We went to her name. It's kind of funny. Her name's Carrie. And she's, we went to go sing karaoke and we became good friends. And a few months later, maybe like a year later, she said, Hey, I'm having lunch with Grant Cardone in Los Angeles. Would you like to join us and think, what would you, what would you say, Daniel, if you got invited to go have lunch with Grant Cardone? I mean, I always take up any offer to yeah. meet anybody. Yeah. And then I found out behind the scenes, just sort of accidentally, that Carrie is the one that gave Grant his start in media. Before Grant was just some, you know, drunk guy trying to make his way as a businessman. But Carrie is the one who taught Grant how to get on radio, got Grant on TV, got Grant on media in general. And because they've known each other for forever, basically. Then when Carrie invites me, then it's, it's a strong introduction. So when I got to meet Grant and we were, you know, we had lunch, I thought, wow, this is kind of cool, right? Because it's, it's a mutual introduction and Grant Cardone doesn't know who the heck I am. I'm just some guy, right? But then when Carrie says, hey, Grant, this guy, Dennis, he's amazing because of this, this, and this. Then Grant thinks, oh, this Dennis guy is someone who's worth spending some time with, right? So that's the power of having your network do some things for you. And if you want to reach someone like a Grant Cardone, the dumbest idiot thing that you could do is reach out to him saying, hey, you know, I see you're going to be in Miami next week. Whatever. Or let's just put on the phone for five minutes. I want to pitch you some idea. I'm hoping you can invest in my business. Right. What a dumb, dumb thing to say. Instead, look at the people who are close to that particular person, because everyone's always trying to go for the celebrity. Go for the person who is close to the celebrity, the wife of the celebrity, or another person who's a friend. Then those people are never getting much attention, right? Usually not. And when you do good things for those people and honestly befriend them and not just try to use them to try to get to the celebrity or whoever the famous person is at the center of the circle, then that's how you build a really strong network. And I wasn't even trying to meet Grant Cardone. Carrie thought that I should meet Grant Cardone. Now, of course, the meeting wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to talk about digital marketing. Instead, it was Grant Cardone trying to get me to convert to Scientology. But that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. But it was, it was amazing, right? Because I wasn't out there trying to meet these particular kinds of people. But Carrie said, hey, Grant Cardone is the number one social media influencer. And it's hard to argue that that's not true if you look at a different stat, right? And Carrie said, yeah, you need to, Grant, you need to meet Dennis, who is the number one social media analytics person. So he can analyze your traffic. He can analyze how to get more sales, to drive more people to 10X, to get more people into the real estate programs you have, right? And the courses you have. And we're also friends with Brad Lee, right? And we're also friends with some of these other people in common. So it certainly made a lot of sense to get together. And it never felt like, oh, I need to sell in front of Grant Cardone and try to establish that I'm some worthwhile sort of person. And, and I, I never felt like he was like way up here and I'm just some person down here trying to suck up to him or something like that. Right. And I think that's the key with good networking is that because of your, your connection, making introductions for you, you never have to boast. You never have to say how awesome you are. And if you're a millennial and you're, you're listening to Daniel here and we're talking about networking, you're thinking, well, I don't know these sorts of people. I'm not famous like Daniel. I don't have a ton of people engaging on me on LinkedIn or Twitter. I'm not an influencer. I don't have anything special in terms of my skill or whatnot. But I bet you, you have a friend who you could help them. And they're, they're very knowledgeable about some sort of area. You could interview them on a podcast like you see Daniel doing here. You could find someone who is a mentor. Maybe it's, it's the parent of someone that you know who's a successful entrepreneur doing the thing that you want to do when you set your goals. And maybe they'd be willing to spend 30 minutes where they're mentoring you, but you study their stuff, you honor them, and they serve as a weak connection to be able to make introductions for you, right? I think the biggest concept here, Daniel, in our conversation for people that want to get going with networking, but make these dumb mistakes like we talked about, is not understanding the power of what a weak connection is. You know what I mean? With the weak connection? Mm -hmm. For those people that don't know, right, a weak connection is not the people that you know directly, but the people that they know. So the friends of your friends is a weak connection. So if the average person knows about 500 people across whatever social networks, then your weak connections is 500 times 500, right? 
So you're looking at 250,000, right? So the, the power of, of that 250,000, as a, so 250,000 weak connections is more powerful than 500 direct connections, right? Also something that I got out of this is that like you need to establish a niche that you're known for. Like you're the analytic guy. So like people can like talk when they talk about you, they know what to tell people about you. Like if you have nothing to tell someone about you, like, like that's what like is hard too. like for me, like at least someone could say like, Oh, Hey, Daniel knows how to do social media really well. Like you should talk to Daniel, Daniel Murray about that. Like you, 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 you have someone, you have that analytic thing which gets you a bunch of connections because they they know who to reach out to when they're looking for someone who knows how to do this stuff. So that's something yeah. that's important as well. Like find that niche that you can like dominate, even if it's a small something that people know something, or create a story that you, your friends could also talk about you about. Otherwise, like it's hard for someone to like know who to introduce you to. That's another thing too. Like I've noticed that like. When people don't have like something that I can like brag about for them, it's hard for me to introduce them to anybody. Like, cause yeah. I can't brag about anything about them. I'm just like, yeah. oh, this guy is cool. He's a good guy. You should meet him. He's a good guy. Like, if I was going to yeah. introduce you to someone, I would say, yeah, he's built analytics at Yahoo. Like, he spent one million dollars on Facebook. I know these little facts that I can use yeah. as leverage for you. Yeah, that's such a good point. Just to choose one or two things, and a lot of people. Where they're younger, they don't have that one thing yet. They don't have that big accomplishment. So they say, I don't know. Like, I'm interested in 20 different things. Well, the key is just to pick one. Because mm-hmm. even if you don't know anything about that topic, by merely saying that that's the thing that you care about, other people at least have something to introduce you about, right? Mm-hmm. So let's just say, for example, Clubhouse is brand new, right? Not many people really know because it's new because things are changing. If I change my bio to say, I'm the Clubhouse marketing expert, right? If, you, if you're trying to market your business or if you're trying to do whatever on Clubhouse, my specialty is Clubhouse. And even though I've only been on Clubhouse for three months, if I merely declare that that's the thing that I care about, then other people are like, oh, Dennis is the Clubhouse guy, right? And whenever Clubhouse comes up in conversation, then people know, oh yeah, Daniel, Daniel's the Clubhouse guy. I'm going to ask him that Clubhouse question. Or we should invite him to that clubhouse room because he's the clubhouse guy, right? You merely just need to say that that's your thing. And if it doesn't work, just change it a few weeks later. Just decide it's something else. I'm the, whatever it is, you know, the oil change guy. I don't know. Whatever it is that you want to be good at, right? Be known for. Yeah, I mean, and that's okay. That your brand can change. Like, that's a, like your brand could be something different. Like, if it's not, like, that's the human. Human beings change. Like, you could be, one time you could be the analytic guy. The next time you could be, the guy who is good at karaoke that you should hang out with. It depends like what crowd, like it also depends on what crowd you're trying to like attract. Like yeah. if the, some people like, oh, Daniel's the foot play D1 football, like they could introduce me to other football players, but there's also Daniel, the marketing Daniel, who yeah. if they want to introduce marketing people, Daniel, like there's, yeah. there's other sides of you too that could build networks too. So it's not like you have to always stick with that one thing. Like if you choose, yeah. doesn't mean you can't change. The last question I have for you is like, I asked this a more of a marketing question, but I asked it in this perspective. What are like most people doing wrong when it comes to networking? I know you've said a couple of things, but. This is so important that we could talk about, a, we could have a whole session just on this. And that is talking about themselves and being so quick to try to represent that they're a pro or trying to show that they're worthwhile. Look, if people are spending time with you, you already are legit. Right. So when I go to a conference and I'm meeting someone important, I don't have to tell them that I'm important. I don't have to say anything because they already, I can't tell you how many deals I screwed up in the first 20 years of my career because I felt, oh, I need to let people know that I'm important. Like when I was on, I was on CNN in front of three and a half million people live talking about Facebook ads and Cambridge Analytica and Mark Zuckerberg and all that kind of stuff. Right. And I thought that I had to, you know, demonstrate that I was some kind of pro. And beforehand, the anchor, but before they, you know, brought me on the show, he said, Dennis, you don't need to say any of those kinds of things. I'm going to ask you questions and you have 30 seconds to respond to each question. And as long as the, the key is just give me good answers, right? You don't need to talk about your background. You don't need to talk about your accomplishments. 
let the fact that you're on CNN live in the studio means that you already are authoritative. Like people know who you are. So you don't, a lot of people, because they have lower self-esteem or because they feel that they need to sell or whatever, like you, you hear the, what is it? Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you know, always be closing. You know, these people are like, yeah, I'm always selling, bro. You know, go for every last dollar or whatever it is these people say. Like, yeah, whenever people hang up on me, I always keep dialing or whatever the things they say. And maybe that works, but I find for networking, for building long-term relationships, if you're interested, if you're truly interested in the other people that you're talking to and you forget about yourself, it's hard to do because you might think, oh my goodness, in this conversation, I've got to keep saying things that are interesting. What am I going to say next? Those people are listening to respond instead of listening to understand. So when you are with other people, like right now, you're listening to me and I'm listening to you. We're about to have dinner with one of the top cardiologists on the planet in just a few minutes. That's why we're parked over here. Dr. Jack Wolfson, new client. I'm not going to talk about me. I'm just going to sit there at dinner and I'm going to listen to him. And you might think, oh, but if I don't say anything, the conversation is going to die. People love talking about themselves. And I know in a few minutes that when we have lunch or sorry, dinner now with Dr. Jack Wolfson, he didn't build a multi-million dollar business with his line of products and coaching and other things that he sells by just being himself. He has teams of people. And I know when we meet, he's going to introduce us to other people because we have a lot of friends in common. We have a lot of high profile doctors in common as clients. And those are the relationships that caused him to reach out to us a week ago saying, hey, Dennis, we need to get, like, I'll even show you right here on Facebook where he messaged me saying, hey, Dennis, can we hop on the phone to chat? I have an idea. You know, I'd love to get your help on digital marketing. We, I know you do it for so-and-so and so-and-so who are friends of mine. And I said, why, sure. When we had that meeting, and it happens to be that we're together at the same conference, which is today in Phoenix, and we're about to have lunch with him or dinner with him to talk about more of his plans and what he's trying to do. And that's going to then, because of what we're going to do here, listen to this. I can already tell you what's going to happen. He's going to talk about his plans. We're going to listen very carefully and ask some very intelligent questions. And at the end of dinner, we're going to take a picture commemorating that we're together. I'm going to post it on Facebook, maybe even write an article on LinkedIn talking about how impressive cardiology coffee is and the different natural programs he has so that people can take care of their heart without having to have surgery or talk to a cardiologist, right? To be more healthy because of coronavirus and all the things that are happening. I'm going to post that picture on Facebook and all the other high profile doctors in my network and his network are going to notice it because I'm going to tag him and he's going to comment. And when he comments on that photo, his other high profile doctor friends see that. And then those people are going to reach out to me next week and say, wow, I love what you guys are doing with Dr. Jack. Can you do it for me? I'm an obstetrician. I'm a gynecologist. I'm a dermatologist. Can you do that same kind of thing for me and take me from a million dollars to $10 million? And I'll say, let's hop on the phone and, and chat about that. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's networking right there. It's leveraging your existing network. It's not cold calling. It's not how well you talk. It's listening really, really carefully to them instead of Look at me. I'm super intelligent. You need to buy from me. Me, 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 me. Yeah, I love that. And it, like what you said, it's one by one. Like people, people, people don't like that patience part of like building the network and community. It's like you leverage one relationship, like you started it and you leveraged another relationship. And it took time to get all these other people that are in your network. Right. But like it took, it just took one and then the next one and then the next one. And then it grew. Like, and that's community building and everything. But I love, I could talk all day, but I'm gonna let you get to dinner, but I want to leave you a couple minutes at the end to say where people can find you, what you have going on, what clubhouse rooms are you doing lately? Like whatever you want, <laughs> whatever you want to drop right now. Yeah. Look, I'm here for you guys. I'm not here to sell anything because if I did, I would be a hypocrite and I wouldn't be honoring the spirit of what Daniel and I are talking about, which is providing value. I'm hoping that if you're a millennial, and you want to get into marketing because now is a fantastic time to help other businesses do marketing, or you could help a friend's business. You could start your own business. You could start an agency. I would encourage you to learn about how to get the measurement behind digital marketing on how to drive value, how much to charge, how to get new clients, how to become a professional digital marketer, maybe working at your dream company. My dream was to work at Nike many years ago, and I couldn't even get an interview. But because we were good at digital marketing and we did the analytics for Adidas, 
Nike reached out to us and said, can you do it for us? Because we saw what you did for Adidas. And so Adidas was our sales rep, basically. It was because of what we did for Adidas that Nike was interested. I had no connections at Nike, right? And I'm hoping that you see that by honoring other people who are experts, who have done the things that you want to do, they could be peers, they could be mentors, you will also be encouraged to achieve the things that they've achieved. And if you want to follow me on LinkedIn, I'm happy to connect with you. If you, of course, do it in a smart way, like we talked about today. If you want to go through our digital marketing training program, we're offering it right now free of charge to get certified as a digital marketing specialist, to be able to start your agency so you can be a certified digital marketing agency. These are programs that we've built together with GoDaddy and Instagram and Fiverr and TikTok and all these other guys who have come to us saying, let's build some training together. So I would encourage you, if you want to do something in the world of digital marketing, you want to go deeper, you want to learn to build connections and you see potentially your millennial, your perceived advantage in social media is something that can get you in the door where you have older business owners that maybe don't understand social media, but need some help reach out and I would love to see you grow your career. I would hope that today would be a fantastic first step in that direction if maybe you haven't figured out what it is that you want to do. Amazing. Well, I will drop that link in the show notes and the, the bio for this, this episode so people can take advantage of that free course because everybody should one-up their career however they can. And this is a great start. Thank you for your time and I can't wait to see your picture with the the, car, the <laughs> cardiologist on LinkedIn and Facebook. You should take a picture of this and then tag me on Twitter and I'll tweet I'm it. Gonna, I'm going to take a picture right now. Let's take a picture. Post. Love it. All right. Cool, cool Daniel. It was awesome seeing you. Thank you and so much. I'm going to take snippets out of our podcast and share it just to practice what we preach. Mr. Tristan says hi. See you, Daniel. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Nice hope to meet you. Hope you, hope, you, hope you land this big client and then more clients. And <laughs> keep growing, <laughs> Yeah. Appreciate it. Awesome, Daniel. Talk to you later. Bye.